you know, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to be able to experience a little bit more peace inside of your life? I don't think there's a person probably in this room or on this planet that would not desire to experience a little bit more peace within. And considering the biblical narrative that we just read through together in the midst of our worship, I want to discuss how that is actually possible. That it is possible to experience peace within. At Christmas time, we pause to celebrate the birth of Jesus. The reality that God sent His Son into this world as the Savior. We read as how the angels announced that day the birth of Jesus to the shepherds in the field. It says in the scripture that they were bringing good news of great joy. In other words, the angels were giving great news that was worth celebrating, worth rejoicing in. The reason, as we saw, is because a Savior was born. Now, a Savior is basically a person who rescues someone from a disastrous situation. For example, if you can illustrate in your mind, picture someone dangling from the cliff about ready to fall off and crying out for help. The Savior is the person who would reach down and snatch them right before they fell and perished to their ultimate destruction. Or picture maybe a person like the old movies tied down to the railroad track as tight as can be and the train barreling down on them in a distance. Those are the type of situations where a Savior needs to show up and rescue a person. And understand... The only reason a Savior must come is if people need to be rescued. And God says that the day in which Jesus came, a Savior was being born. See, if there's one thing every person on this planet in this room shares in common tonight, it is this, is that we all need to be rescued from our sin. That's the one common thing that every one of us shares. Our own shortcomings, our failures, the mistakes that we all make at times. That's why we read tonight that Gabriel, the angel, said to Joseph when the child was to be born that had been conceived in Mary's womb, that they were to give him the name. Do you remember what it was? Wow, you guys listen when I read. Good job. All right. They were to give him the name. What was it? Jesus. Jesus. Okay, thank you. Somebody paid attention in class this evening. <laughs> For he shall save his people from their sins. That's what the name means. Jehovah is salvation. They were to give him the name Jesus because his intended purpose was to save people from their sins. God so loved us, he sent his son into this world to come and dwell among us to perform an eternal rescue mission. To rescue us and to provide salvation to us. To provide a way where the consequences of our sin could be removed from each and every one of our lives. We read in the scriptures how the way that God did that was God miraculously placed the life of his son Jesus Christ into the womb of a virgin woman. Again, please understand, Jesus Christ did not begin his life when he showed up on this planet being born as a baby and then lived among us for 30 plus years. Jesus is eternally existent. He's God. He's the Son of God. He's always been with the Father in heaven. His earthly life began at a certain point. And the way that happened was God became man because he wanted to reach mankind. So God puts miraculously the life of his son Jesus in the womb of a virgin woman 
so that he could be fully God and fully man at the same time, in touch with deity, but at the same time completely in touch with humanity and build that perfect bridge as a mediator. And then Jesus, unlike everyone else who was born to live, Jesus was born to die. Jesus was born with the purpose of growing up and ultimately making a path for us to enter into heaven so that the Bible says the gift of God now offered to all of us is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus lived sinlessly and then he stepped into our place and suffered sacrificially and took the punishment we deserve for our sins and then after dying on the cross rose again from the dead so that now he can offer forgiveness of sins and a relationship with God and the assurance of eternal life that's what the Bible says the gift that God offers is eternal life and that eternal life is through Christ Jesus our Lord now that is why I think in the last scripture that we just read together why that occasion when the angel was informing the shepherds of the birth of Jesus Christ it almost seems like that all of heaven was so excited they couldn't refrain from just interrupting what was happening down on earth at that birth announcement and just breaking into a worship service this is what we read took place. It says in, in Luke's gospel in chapter 2, we read this a moment ago. It says that suddenly, as the announcement is happening, there was an angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts began praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Now, I want to draw your attention to one little phrase in the midst of that kind of spontaneous worship song that broke out the night the shepherds were getting the announcement of Jesus having been born. And that is this. You notice in that phrase, part of the worship song was, and on earth, peace. Pay attention to that. And on earth, peace. Indicating this, that declaring that the birth of Jesus on this planet and his coming to earth would produce or would provide peace on this earth for mankind. Isaiah chapter 9, a prophecy regarding Jesus' coming, declared that one of his titles would be the Prince of Peace. That he would be the Prince of Peace, indicating the rulership of Jesus produces peace in humanity. Now, ultimately, when Jesus returns a second time and he is coming again, he's going to return to this earth a second time as a glorified king and he's going to take his rightful place and rule on this earth and he's going to deliver us from the problems and the calamities and the mess that this world is in as he establishes his throne. But Jesus' rulership brings peace. So my question is this, because he hasn't returned yet. My question is if Jesus is coming, the Bible said was going to produce peace on earth, the question I step back and scratch my head and say, well, wait a minute, where in the world is all the peace at? Where's all the peace at? You know, when you look up the word peace, the definition of it is as follows. Listen to what it says. The absence of war, freedom from quarrels or disagreement, harmony in relationships, inner contentment, calm and a state of tranquility. Now, wait a minute. The Bible said that when Jesus came, it would bring peace on earth. So the question in my mind again becomes, where's all the peace at? If the Bible promised the coming of Jesus would bring peace and provide peace, think about it. Has there ever been in all history, in all of humanity, an absence of war? Not from what I've seen. 
Has there ever been in all of humanity and history an absence of brutal killings? Not from what I've seen, just read and watch the news recently. It seems there's an increase of that. Has there ever been in all of human history an absence of family quarrels and fights and problems? Maybe even on the drive to Christmas Eve church service? No, there has not been. Has there ever been in all time a cessation of all marriage battles that sometimes end in division and separation and divorce? Nope, it seems that still exists even among humanity. Has there ever been a time in history where people have no life struggles and they don't battle with health issues and sickness and pain and disease? Has there ever been an occasion where there was an absence of wrestling with maybe grief over the loss of a loved one, particularly as it's hardest at the holiday season to deal with that grief? It seems people are still battling with those kind of things. Maybe you're battling that kind of grief tonight. Has there ever been a time when people are not under the attack of fear or anxiety because of their circumstances or wondering where their next you know, income is going to come from? Has there ever been a time where people haven't been attacked by their own guilt and regrets? of things they've done in their past maybe, or even over this recent year that's gone by? Has there ever been a time when people are not literally sometimes at war within because of their circumstances and what they're dealing with? Not from what I see. And listen, we all know God's word is true. So again, my question is, if those things exist, then where in the world is this peace the Bible promised? Where in the world can that peace be found? I'll tell you the answer is simply this. Right now, right now, peace can only be found in one place. And that's inside the human heart. That is the only place on this earth that peace can truly be found is inside the human heart. To experience that within, no matter what is happening maritally, financially, relationally, governmentally, globally, circumstantially, the only place that peace can be found is inside of your heart. So how does someone find or obtain peace and be at rest? Well, I'll tell you this, true and abiding peace, it cannot be found through anything in this world. For example... Money, toys, material things, they can give temporary happiness, but they can't give peace. Human relationships, wonderful as they can be, they can bring periodic times of satisfaction and fulfillment, but they don't ultimately give peace. Everything that we can experience, let's say success in life, it may feel good for a season, but it still doesn't give peace. How about complete personal indulgence? Just doing whatever you want. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want, enjoy what I want, smoke what I want, drink what I want, eat what I want. I, nobody's going to tell me I'm in charge. I'm going to live my life to the fullest and living exactly as you please and pleasing yourself. I'll tell you this, that may give you some momentary pleasure, but that won't give you peace. That doesn't give you peace inside your heart. All of those things still leave any person with a voice of their conscience when they lay their head down on their pillow at night and they're all alone in the dark with their conscience saying, gosh, gosh, I'm still not at peace within. 
Why is there still a battle within? See, peace within the human heart only happens when a person becomes submitted to the rulership of the Prince of Peace. And you allow Jesus to take his proper place in enthroning himself in your heart. It begins, first of all, when a person makes peace with God. And that's something that we all have to do. Each one of us by nature, the Bible teaches, is separated from God because of our sin. There's no difference. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. And the wrong things we say and think and do, which is what our sin is, causes offense and it disrupts a relationship between us and a holy God. And it causes us, the Bible even says, to actually become enemies of God. And our relationship with God needs to be reconciled. It needs to be restored. We don't start out life in relationship with God. That's not what the Bible teaches. God creates everyone. God loves everyone. But we don't begin life in relationship with God. That's something that needs to happen at some point in our life. And the way that happens is there's a peace treaty that needs to take place. We like to say, hey, I hope you've made peace with God. Well, that, part of that is true. A person needs to make peace with God. There needs to come a time where you realize that you are a sinner separated from God and that Jesus came as the sinless son of God, lived the perfect life that we can't live, and then took the punishment and the pain and the consequence for our sins that we commit as he died upon the cross sacrificially in our place. And that Jesus rose again from the dead and now what he has done, his precious blood that was shed on the cross, in a sense, it, it provides the peace terms. It provides the peace treaty available to us and we can approach God by one means, by faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus declared, I am the way the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, well, I don't think there's only one way. There's only one way. Listen, I'm glad there is a way. I'm glad that the one who I offended offered me peace, offered me a treaty in terms of reconciliation, and that we can come through the Son of God who came into this world. Romans 5 says, by faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, God's lovingly made all the terms available. And he's provided the opportunity. He's put the peace treaty before us. But we have to choose, in a sense, to sign it, to embrace it, to accept it. And the way we do that is not working for it. It's not earning it. It's not showing that we're a good boy, that we merit it, that we deserve it, but it's saying, you know what? Yes, I am an enemy. God, I'm a rebel, and I have my fair share of rebellious acts against you, and I accept the terms that you have offered through the love and the sacrifice of your son. And by faith, you believe upon what Jesus has done, and you embrace Jesus' forgiveness for you personally. How wonderful to know that that's freely available. And I tell you this this evening. Would you agree, until a person comes to that place, you remain at war within your soul? I remember that. I spent almost 18 years of my life, and I didn't even realize why is there an internal conflict inside of my being. It's because I wasn't at peace with God within. So there was a battle within, and it didn't matter what I did, how I tried to satisfy myself, what I tried to obtain, all... It was temporary, but it didn't give peace. The issue was I needed to make peace with God. And until a person comes in that place of submission and surrender to God and makes peace with God, you will battle within the heaviest weight that any human being carries around. And that's guilt and regret. 
And it's something that's going to plague the human conscience until that's been reconciled. The Bible even says, there is no peace, saith the Lord for the wicked. In other words, God purposely, he lets a person struggle with the internal agitation and the conflict as a part of the way of saying, listen, are you ready to solve that battle within? And God actually lets there be a battle raging within until a person realizes the only resolution is submission to God. And when someone lives in rebellion to God and God's ways, it will always lead to frustration and internal misery. There may be moments of happiness here and there, but life apart from Jesus will never be peaceful. But the moment, the moment a person gets it and they say, that's what it is, I need to surrender. I need to submit to the Prince of Peace and let him have rulership over my heart as he rightly deserves. Everything changes in that moment. Forgiveness flows and the guilt is removed and that, that weight of guilt and regret, God takes it away as you realize, oh, I'm clean and I've been forgiven. God's taken away that guilt and those things I've done that no one knew about and that weight is lifted off of you. And the peace of God floods your soul as you come into relationship with Him. And now you understand, oh, it's not a religion thing, it's a relation thing. And, and, and that peace floods your soul and there's that assurance, hey, it's well with my soul. I know that when I die, I'm not hoping I get to heaven. I know. I'm at peace. So I know ultimately where I'm going to go. Jesus entered this world to become a part of our lives. God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. Please, it's great to celebrate Christmas, isn't it? We celebrate the incarnation. Remember that God came and he was with us. But the incarnation and the fact that God came to be with us is intended to be lived out all year long. The Lord wants to be with us all year long. In a close and a personal way, Jesus said, in me you may have peace. It's available to experience peace even in life storms. And as we daily surrender to Jesus and let him have rulership in our life on a daily basis, we experience peace and that peace of God helps us. And though we'll go through difficulties, we're going to have trials and challenges and hardships and we're going to feel overwhelmed at times, but the presence of Jesus ruling within like a prince of peace will give you a calmness and a tranquility in your soul that allows you to experience that. Hey, let me leave you with an important question that we all need to answer in our lives tonight, and that is simply this. Is do you honestly have peace within? Are you at peace within tonight? If you're here this evening and you're a Christian and you're celebrating Christmas with a full understanding of what it's all about and you're saying, yeah, I understand, I'm saved. I, I sing these Christmas songs that actually mean something to me now. But maybe still, even as a Christian, you're not at peace within and you're kind of agitated. Well, let me make a suggestion. Here's my little Christmas gift. Maybe if the agitation and disruption is within your heart and your soul tonight, even as a Christian, maybe you just need to abandon the throne and let Jesus rule in ways, maybe as he hasn't been in your heart over every area of your life, and say, Lord, okay, I just advocate the throne again. Just rule within me again, Lord. Take control. Jesus promised us, my peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. And if you're here this evening, and maybe you're not sure where you stand with God. For example, I ask, have you ever made peace with God regarding your own personal sin? I'm not saying, do you ever try and get religious and get things a little cleaned up? No, I'm saying, have you ever at any point made peace with God regarding your personal sin by asking Jesus to forgive you and to save you? 
Are you here this evening? Are you battling guilt and regrets within? Do you have a sense of loneliness and emptiness because the place where Jesus is intended to fill in your life, you've tried to fill it with everything else and it's never working. So you've still got that nagging emptiness with inside of you. Listen, despite the way you live, you'll never be satisfied. You'll never be fulfilled until ultimately you submit to Jesus Christ. And tonight, you can change that. You can choose to embrace the King of Kings and let Jesus come into your life and experience his peace by believing upon the very things we've talked about. Jesus loves you. If you're here tonight and you don't know him, he drew you to a Christmas Eve service however you got here. However you got here. He drew you to this place to reach out to you, to speak to you personally because he loves you and he's knocking upon the door of your heart to reach out to you and he's offering such to you. And the question very simply is this, is will you, however, now make room for Jesus in your life? That's a personal decision. But it's the wisest thing you could ever do at Christmas is to make room for Jesus in your life and let him have his rightful place to rule within your heart. And you will find that if you do that, things will radically change, maybe not out here, but within your heart in a way you could have never imagined.